This call may be recorded or transcribed. Good morning, Ernest. Good morning. Oh, wow, Hi. it was uh, kind of nice to get back to the old school audio only, just the two of us to catch up. Yeah. In case and, any uh, of our listeners are wondering where we've been, we've been on the THS Transforming Human Systems YouTube channel with our friend Tom Gilb. Um, I don't know if we actually have any listeners, but I like to think we do, even if it's just one or two people in Outer Mongolia. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is a good chance for us to check in. How are you feeling overall? Uh, well, um, uh, well, this is <laughs> big question. I've huh? had all kinds of adventures this morning because um, my mom's iPhone uh, was stuck in the in in you know stuck in a boot loop, and I, really at this right now, and that happened like uh, like around. Uh, 9:30. So I've been. You're in Florida it. time, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've been troubleshooting it. I wanted to send you a note before the meeting, right? To, to, to uh, you know, inform you of what so, uh, you know the subject that I wanted to discuss. But I didn't do that because I was, you know, getting the phone to work. Uh, right now it's in recovery mode, and I'm downloading iOS 16.1. Um, but you know that screen doesn't tell you anything. It says, "Hey, we're downloading the software. We'll tell you when it's when it's done. No progress bar, nothing. So you have to just sit there and look at it." So uh, I'm in that process on my mom's phone. So anyway, that's the uh, background of why I was um, a little late and why I'm so excited. So you know, mentally excited. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to mess that up because you know it's my mom's phone, so it's like you know, yeah. But anyway, um, just for just so I'm clear you. now. So are you semi permanently hanging out in Florida or no? I this is my last week. I'll be back in. The, so I guess it, I semi permanently hung. Up. Well, I guess yeah, you're right. But I'm I'll be back uh, next week. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you want me to touch on yeah. why I, yeah. yes. so, uh, I feel that we have, I was unclear or, or, well, let me, uh, I just tell you what's on my mind. Um, sure. yeah, Tom is very helpful. I, I really uh, appreciate his experience and, you know, what he's done and that's informing us into, you know, how to bootstrap this uh that, that yeah but um in my mind that progressive was he was kind of complete right and uh we, we were just gonna get pointers from tom about his process in creating it right because you know mm-hmm. we, we had a i, I don't know if if, 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 we, if we are uh speaking with him just because uh we were using the same term, you know, bureaucracy. Uh, I heard it before from you, but not, mm-hmm. you know. So I guess you did a wide search and you found that somebody else saw about using that term and doing uh, you know, a lot of work under that term, and that's why we're talking. Um, mm-hmm. So my uh, vision was, okay, yeah, he's done that. We're gonna get some pointers and see how, you know, what issues he found, and then we're gonna apply them to our process. 
but it mm-hmm. seems like um, we're actually kind of continuing the that interpretive work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of weird because uh, when you know any issues that we have, or, or a lot of them, especially you know the, the last meeting we had, you, you know every time he, uh, I. Uh, define something or identify some problem. Says, oh, that be solved. You know, it's solved. I'll, I'll let you. You know, I, I, I talk to you about it later. So yeah, well, it has been solved in his realm, but it's yeah. not like we're gonna. I don't think like it is not my intention to wholeheartedly adopt language and just like, hey, you know, we're gonna use this and then we're gonna work. No, like we're we have to go through a much deeper or fun, in fundamental level, like, especially in terminology, right? That I mentioned my last concern at the end of the last meeting that we haven't, we're talking about uh, providing a tool for the world to do this mm-hmm. type of thing, manage mm-hmm. knowledge, information. So we really have to go deeper. You know, we talk to Anish about that. You know, Mm-hmm. And humans are working on this uh, the startup that is mm-hmm. data and sort of all those things. But we have to even go mm-hmm. down deeper than that. Like what you know, what language should be used? Because as I uh, uh, said, English just the English that we are using right now is not appropriate. It's 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 so ambiguous, and uh, to solve those ambiguities, we have to you know. Uh, Establish context. Okay, we're using English, and then this dictionary, let's say Merriam-Webster, is the basic dictionary we're going to use for terms, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to use that, that, and then we when we override them. We might provide a glossary, you know, with our own definition, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, which is the, a process that you know I have learned from from Tom, and, and it's, I think it's great. Uh, before that. Or, or I imagine that every document has to provide a way of uh, the reader to know what definition are you using for this term. Either because you provided a wider context, let's say uh, the, the forward party, and we're using mm-hmm. the terminology that that organization is using as a base, and mm-hmm. then we're expanding it, or some mm-hmm. other context, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So. So that the reader is not confused as to the meaning of any term. Uh, I believe that it, you know, uh, there's a new term. Oh, it's new. So let me uh, it's defined right there. And it also, there's also a, a glossary. It's something that I mm-hmm. like about Tom's system is that uh, he has this concept presentation. It's not just a, a term definition, but it's actually a concept. This concept is. This and that, and it has these properties and these attributes and or whatever, right? And it's really mm-hmm. so, so that people that uh, uh, are in different cultures or in, in different industries can map their concepts with with our with those with different concepts from other organizations and do this mapping and understand each other. You know, it's, it's like a, a bridge, it's like mm-hmm. a bridge from uh, org to org. And that's great, and and I, and I think that's fabulous. But you also need the level of definition that is in the dictionary. Um, 
or even if it's not in a dictionary, like it's in, it's in culture but not yet in a dictionary, then we have to define it. So our okay. definition, this concept that is yet not in a dictionary is this. So every document mm-hmm. should have something like that. Any um, uh, set of documents, you know, like a collection, should have its own, you know, apart from the documents called own uh, concept definitions and glossary, there should be mm-hmm. like a global glossary for those sets. And then uh, if there are multiple sets, Again, another uh, uh, multiple set glossary and, and, um, and, and concept definition. So that's where the um, concept of context is so important. Like, mm-hmm. I think we, that's something that we can also have to uh, look at. What is context and how do we apply it to the efficient and effective in helping readers understand what a document is saying? So, and that's at a sort of middle level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I have uh, those concerns that we can't uh, just take language, or you know, especially in glossary, like that some says mm-hmm. the glossary is the is the core of language, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's taking years to decades to define it, and it uh-huh. works well for the industries that adopted, you know, Intel and, and, and Boeing and GE and all those places, they have adopted that and just ran with it. Now, I, I'm not yeah. sure to what level, right? He said, you know, I'm going by his description. Um, I don't know, maybe if a good exercise would be to go to GE or Intel and say, hey, you know, maybe Trump can understand, you know, uh, uh, he us like saying, hey, we, we're studying this language thing, we understand that you guys use it. How, you know, do you modify it? You know, how do you use it? I think that would be a good thing to uh, to address in the future. But, okay, uh, set that aside. Um, right now we have some, um, uh, for a limited period, right? He's not going to save that mm-hmm. forever. So we have to maximize his, his his contribution by getting the high level stuff. Like you know, this is a problem mm-hmm. that I found. He's described that he's dealing with uh, what is it, the UN in, in helping people define a plan for uh, what is it, uh, solving world to, hunger or something like that. Something well, so, well, 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 to be precise, he's He's been uh, chiding the UN about how their sustainability goals do not qualify as a plan, and, yeah, and yeah. therefore, but but he's working actively with this Abrahamic group to actually try to implement language as a tool for uh, you know creating harmony in the Middle East. That is the concrete client he is working on at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's and, great. Like he's he's doing that, but um. You know, I see us as different. You know, we we work from Apple, so we just think different. So it's different. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so yeah, uh, we don't accept things. You know, just because people say we. You know, uh, I, well, let me speak for myself. I don't accept things just because because people say that that's the way it is. I'm like, no. Right. Uh, I need to know how it works. I need to you know be able to break it down. So that's why I'm. Um, Concern about we are using the term datocracy to mean both the low level and the high level stuff. You know, the level of the tools, whatever mechanism we use, and the level mm-hmm. of the principles, the, the values and ideals that uh, we uh, want to, you know, the 
we want to use or we want to uh, adapt and, and make sure that people see us, that we are genuine about that. But, you know, we talked about those two levels. Like, we have to uh, say the values that we're using to define the actual mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. And the values that we hold high when it comes to other things relating to other organizations, the, uh, dealing with capitalism, all those things. They're, those are other set of values that are not related to the tool. So, in, you know, uh, the worst, in the worst case, uh, any organization can use to email. It could be uh, liberal, it could be uh, conservative, but what I'm trying to uh, uh, make sure that we work towards is that you mentioned the operating system of, of, of uh, society, you know, the government mm -hmm. and other organizations, you know, we have the operating system right now is what paper files and and sometimes email, sometimes you know all these arcane. Let's, let, let, let's, let's just say PDFs as a simple thing for something that PDF. is often okay. existing in a computer but is not actually machine intelligible. Yes, yes, right. So, uh, like I mentioned, uh, yeah, I'm I'm envisioning creating a language that we can share mm -hmm. within computers, automated system, and people. You know, hey, yeah, mm -hmm. that person can just, uh, without ambiguity, know, will know that this system will <laughs> interpret that right. document, be whatever it is. It could be a set, of, a set of processes, which is akin to a program. It could be a contract, mm -hmm. whatever. You know, that people right. have to be able to read and understand what a machine is telling them. You know, a PMI, mm -hmm. per, person machine interface. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to move towards. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm even concerned about English not being an exact language, but yet we need to describe an ex this process in a very exacting way. So uh, we have to, yeah. even, I think we have to even use a different version of English. There's like a simplified English. Uh, uh, Basic English, yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, we can, that is used mostly for, you know, documentation and, and processes, but why do, they, why do they use them in, in there? Because it is important that people follow steps very, very precisely in a machine, in a plane or something, mm -hmm. you have to follow, so the steps have to be very simple. You can't be, right. they cannot leave room for ambiguity at all. So that's the model that I'm hearing, like, yeah, you cannot be ambiguous, you cannot be like, you cannot use uh, uh, localisms or, what is it, colloquialisms that we, we mm -hmm. use all the time, and, you know, we are married, so, you know, we understand them, but somebody else from another country, they don't understand anything, you know. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to uh, uh, keep your promise? That's, it, I just, uh, you know, thought about this term like a week ago. What does, what is keeping your promise mean? Keeping, you know, right? right? It, it, you know, you um, fulfill your promise or something like that. It, but because if we keep promises, then we also, hold promises. So is that the same thing? To hold a promise and to keep a promise? No. <laughs> so those are the things that we have to not use at all. We can't use them. Well, hopefully you're getting close to the point where I can say something. Let me know when you... When you yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the concerns are um, the level to which some should be to influence our uh, our Right now, you know, we're learning it, and, and it's fine, mm -hmm. but it's not like we're going to adopt language. Like, uh, the, I think he envisions us just using the tool, like the online tool for language that he uh, 
pointing us to, I don't want to use that tool. I, you know, we have to use our own tools, you know, uh, open source and things that we know how, how they work so that we can change mm -hmm. them and understand them really well. We can't use something prefab. So that's what I'm talking about. We, we are actually manufacturing our own processing. And although mm -hmm. we can be informed by the things that uh, Tom has experienced in his knowledge, uh, I don't see just like using, just saying, hey, yeah, uh, we use language. And like you said, yeah, to understand what we're saying, you have to know language and you have to go to the glossary and read those. So, no, I don't want that at all. It's to be automatic. Like, oh, oh yeah, I don't, I don't get this word. So it's like an internet, but like a, uh, uh, a hypernet. Like, okay, this word I'm going to click it and see all kinds of connections to it. Like the uh, where it comes from, the other people who use them, you know, it's like a mm -hmm. multiple connection thing that uh, you can navigate meaning and, and intent and all that, you know, in a super uh, immersive way and powerful way. Not what we do right now, just to read a document and oh, I don't know what this word is, and then you have to like either make sure that it's in the uh, you find it in the glossary. Or you have to do some machinations to determine what the meaning of the word is. No, we have to, the document has to be able to tell you, yeah, this word means this thing. And, and it has to be accurate and, and efficient to do that instead of you having to go back, oh, where did I first read this word? Blah, blah, blah. No, you should, you should just select it. And the document should tell you, yeah, this word is being used in all these places. You can jump to them, right? It's like a, a very, hyperlinked uh, 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 knowledge or information. Okay, you I think you're repeating yourself a bit. Can, yeah, I, but anyway. uh, can, we, can we wrap up and, uh, and summarize? Or can I try and summarize what I thought you said? Yes, please. Okay, so let's start with the goal. And first of all, I've been feeling a similar tension. And so this is a really good chance for us to process that tension, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's start from there, okay? And uh, this is good. I'm glad you you brought this up. And so let's start with the how we got on this story arc. Is that we did the zigzag process, and there are two things you shared at the end that I really resonated with. One is this idea of of a smart document, right? Something that is universally intelligible, to use uh, Tom's words, right? In the sense that it's something that both machines and humans can not just process, but understand and use intelligently, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that was yes. one piece. The second piece was this idea of uh, bootstrapping an open ecosystem, right? Is that something that is, uh, uh, an right, just trying to replace sort of our existing vendor-dominated capitalist uh, skewed world and values with something that allows us to uh, you know, interact with one another based on sort of more uh, humane values. Mm -hmm. Is that a, okay, so, so, so those are the two tags we have coming in, right? Mm -hmm. This uh, smart document and an open ecosystem, right? Yes. Okay, so, those, so this is good. So like using the language ideas, like these are the two uh, objective value or value objectives we have. And my, my uh, pitch to you was that, hey, maybe these two 
can create each other, right? That we can come up with a smart document format, which is the uh, unit of exchange between entities that allows us to create this open ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So that was the, 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 the animating idea, which I originally called Docupracy, and I had trouble mm -hmm. saying that, so I switched it to Datocracy, because mm -hmm. I felt like the A, that, were, that, that, that uh, was easier to say, and had some interesting uh, linkages to the present world, where we, have, we live in a, the, this is the decade of data, where everything is turning from code into data. And so it's kind of a hot topic. And what's funny is that I can imagine a world, you know, 20 years from now, where we don't talk about data just because everything is data. And so it's kind of silly to worry about it as a mm -hmm. first class thing. But anyway, okay, so then the question is, okay, so that's the, the two value objectives. And that was kind of the vision that arose out of them, interestingly enough. Dogs are pooping candy wrappers because they got into the Halloween. <laughs> Their dogs are pooping all night. <laughs> yes, so this is uh, this is my life wow. is uh, dealing yeah. with dog crap and philosophical crap during my long <laughs> walks. Uh, but so the question is, is how do we get there, right? Mm -hmm. So one possibility is that we dream up our perfect system and wait a hundred years for our descendants to implement it, right? Mm -hmm. And we just do art, okay, and start from scratch and just envision our perfect world and like. There's value in that, but I don't have the patience for that. Uh, I'm not willing to live that long or push off the hard problems to my descendants. What I'm interested you in doing, mm -hmm. I want to start creating concrete prototypes that embody and articulate these values so that we can start getting some of the benefits now mm -hmm. and also giving people concrete uh, examples that they can learn from yes that's yeah that's exactly okay good. okay good so here's so here's the challenge i think i think having as a dream actually no even having as a value objective that everyone in the world can understand this is a marvelous ambition level right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the reality is, is that a baby born in Tanzania is unlikely to understand this, no matter how good we are at making it, <laughs> right? Yeah, Someone yeah. who is one day old in an impoverished country, it's like, okay, so, so I think that's the interesting thing, is that let's distinguish the ambition level from a short-term goal, right? And mm -hmm. so the interesting thing is, is that, okay, so that's one, okay, so, so, that, so that, that's kind of the, the values, that's the vision. And so the process I've been proposing is, is, remember the last thing was figure out who do I talk to next, right? And that's why you talk to me uh, in the zigzag process. And I said, okay, let's try and schedule conversations with other people who care about these things and see what we learn, right? And what's fascinating, is that I initially thought this was going to be, hey, let's just interview a bunch of people who will uh, just share their thoughts and then disappear because they've said their piece and you know, that's all they wanted to say. What is extraordinary and a really powerful product market fit signal is that people didn't say, okay, nice talking to you, bye. They said, wow, I would love to help you work on this. 
And this was a surprising fact and a really uh, powerful data point that, wow, actually, I think we're on to something. Lots of people care about something like this. And this is a new piece of information we did not have when we started the story arc, is that people like Anish and Tom care enough mm -hmm. about us and this topic that they're willing to put in, in Tom's case, you know, significant amounts of their own time to try to help us move forward. Now, that is mm -hmm. a fascinating piece of information. It, it, that says to me, wow, there is something here that could actually turn into a real community of practice. Mm -hmm. And like, if we can actually build a community of practice, like whether or not we actually implement statocracy in our lifetime, if there's a bunch of people who are having structured conversations around this and iterating on prototypes, like that is kind of all you need to start a movement, mm -hmm. right? And so, okay, so, so, so now we've gone from like doing a bunch of conversations to, I'm at least asking the question, huh, is there enough here to bootstrap a movement? Okay, so that's a new question uh, that I think is worth having on the table. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so then the, the, let's get back to the tensions. Now the tensions I feel is there certain, is that, uh, uh, like the best and worst thing about Tom is he has a complete system which has worked in one context, right? Mm -hmm. Or in a, sorry, a range of contexts. But uh, what's interesting to me was the phrase he used, and I'm sure I, I want to share this with Tom. Hi, Tom. Like, first of all, thank you for everything. But this is our space to kind of process what we are feeling and thinking so we can re-engage on, on a more clear way, understand. This is one of my other... YouTube channel is Zoosophy, which is all about understanding the tensions we feel in relationships and how do we connect while still individuating, right? So I think the, so the, the, the basic premise, which is actually worth calling out here, is that to be human is to connect and then individuate. So like, hey, we feel a connection to you, but like this is where I am is different from where you are. And mm -hmm. what's wonderful is that, like, it's wonderful to connect with Tom around these things we have in common, right? But it's also important to recognize, well, there's some things that we don't have. So, like, the first thing, the idea of a smart document, we have a lot in common with Tom, right? Mm -hmm. Is that he mm -hmm. intends these documents to be sort of a formal structured thing that are intelligible by humans and machines, which are thoroughly defined, right? And so that yeah. thing is like amazing that someone has actually worked this out to this insanely detailed degree that has worked really well in certain contexts. Okay. The area mm -hmm. where we have attention, so that's where we're connecting around that because we have that thing in common. The area where I think there's some individuation that needs to happen and it's good for us to articulate this because otherwise it just becomes a frustration, right? If you feel frustrated mm -hmm. that our values aren't being heard or acknowledged, you know, that will tend to sabotage the relationship. But if we can articulate uh, as a value objective where there's a difference, that becomes a productive source of conversation. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's thinking about this idea of an open ecosystem, right? The things that give me pause about adopting language are, uh, I think this reflects is one, that it's a proprietary tool. Mm -hmm. It's locked up inside this vendor-driven system. And it's a you know, great system. It works well. 
And the secondary thing that gives me pause is that because of that, mostly Tom has worked with clients, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the mm -hmm. clients, and, and, and you know, the client-provider relationship is a wonderful one. I much prefer it to the boss-subordinate relationship uh, as a way to organize, but it's different than the collaborative peer ecosystem that we are trying to create. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, and the, the third tension that that leads to is that um, if I'm just a client and you're the provider, this is actually fascinating, right? I, I need to work with, this is the, what I call the data craft conundrum, is we care about the semantics of the consumer, but we have to work with the syntax of the producer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when Tom is a producer, and it's like amazing to put the effort into this, he's going to use the syntax. He's like, well, of course he should, right? It's ridiculous to tell someone to make bricks without straws, as the saying goes, is to try and, uh, you know, build the thing without giving them whatever tools they need to do the job most effectively, right? And so, like, okay, mm -hmm. so, so it's great. But then this, this, the way we resolve this, is, uh, oh, here's the last thing that I think is what is, is, is so exciting is that this is the tension we have, right? Is we have some values which are in common and some values that uh, seem to be different. And I'm just saying seem because I don't really know. We are, you know, we haven't really talked about this before. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is the first, remember what uh, Anise said, unit test? are what turn semantics into syntax. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so like, great, this document is becoming our unit test. Because we have all these values we haven't articulated yet because we've been so focused on the smart document side. We haven't really talked about the uh, open ecosystem side. And it's like, but then this is precisely the way, I think this is the way that we have a really productive conversation is, um, to take the effort, it's like Tom's going to put all this, you know, I, I wasn't expecting him to do this, but he's going to put all this stuff into Planguid, right? Which is amazing. And then it's like, okay, is Planguid, um, so, and like I said, I'm not going to read the 700 page document. I may not even read the three page glossary, right? I'm just being honest with you. And part of me feels like I'm just wimping out and not being a team player by not doing that. But then there's says, well, no. Um, if you, if you remember the history of standards, HTML was kind of defined out of SPML, uh, LDAP, remember LDAP, the Lightweight Directory Access Protocol? Mm-hmm. Right, LDAP was a simplification of X509. X509 was this amazing, brilliant standard that tried to solve everything and was too complex for anyone else to implement. They said, let's mm -hmm. just take the five most interesting pieces of X509 and turn them into a simpler protocol, right? So mm -hmm. what I, the way that I, uh, expect this to happen is that language is amazing as a proof of concept. This is how you can build a complete system that within, you know, the concept of a, of a formal organization and a client provider relationship really helps create this sort of quantified, uh, let's call this corporate autocracy, if you will, mm -hmm. right? Where you have, you know, the structures of corporations. It's like, okay, uh, oh, this is good. This is using namespacing to distinguish two different things. So corporate datocracy, I think of as version of 0 0.1 of, you know, the future datocracy, a public datocracy, mm -hmm. right? 
And one of the interesting things is you move from corporate datocracy to public datocracy, the issue of openness and the issue of peer collaboration becomes um, uh, dominant, right? Because in politics, it's all, because in corporations, you can assume a certain power structure, right? If you've got mm. your board, you've got your CEO, you've got your shareholders, et cetera, right? Whereas in, in politics and in the public issue, uh, the power structure is precisely the issue that everyone's arguing over, right? <laughs> Who gets to decide what's important, you know? And therefore, oh we have to, well, so the way I think about this is that, okay, this is fantastic. Because uh, we get to do two things. One, we get to watch Tom uh, very generously do for free <laughs> what other people charge huge amounts of, he charges other people huge amounts of money for, which is to turn our existing system into language, right? Mm -hmm. Second thing that we get to do is I think uh, language, even though it is in its entirety, is too complex for me to understand, for me that at least with the, the time available to understand, mm -hmm. it is uh, simple enough, uh, and Tom is generous enough, that we can use a subset of language to articulate exactly what it is that we find limiting about language, right? Is that we can say, oh, there are these values here, and like even this conversation is fascinating. Say, okay, one is the issue of openness of an open ecosystem, right? Or, uh, open format, right? Mm -hmm. And and the second is this issue of peer collaboration. Um, I think those are two ideas that are different between public datocracy and corporate datocracy. And, yeah. and so it's like, okay, so like if nothing else. Uh, you know, going through this exercise with Tom will force us to do the thing that you always said you wanted everyone to do, which is to encode their values in a formal way where people can be held accountable to them, right? Exactly. We talked yeah. about this as being like the hard problem, and Anish talked about this as being the hard problem. Well, guess what? We are now the hard problem, right? This is our <laughs> unit test. <laughs> and so, language being, you know, and the fact that Tom himself has a really well defined uh, glossary, or I will say it's like an ontology, his definition of what's real in these words, right? And he's willing to accept mm -hmm. synonyms for something. And it's like some things are close enough that we should just adopt his terms. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the concepts are that we should adopt his concept. Sometimes the terms are useful enough that we should adopt his terms. But we also have the freedom to do things differently. But the other thing is that um, we. Um, uh, so one thing that also I'll just say up front like, is like language as a long-term tool for public democracy doesn't seem to live up to our values. On the other hand, there's like two small changes, I don't know how small they are, that would make me feel 10 times more comfortable using language. One is the ability to export to a structured data format like JSON, mm. right? Something I could read in and spit out. Uh, uh, from other open tools, right? So if it's, mm -hmm. rather than like say Word, which is not exactly, you know, um, open or easily machine parsable, right? So, and like, mm -hmm. I, don't, yeah, I, I don't know what it's written in. My suspicion is something like active server pages, given up the UI, but that's just a random guess. Like I would be willing to spend time. Oh, the two things are, one is exporting to an open format. Two is being able to publish directly to the web, mm -hmm. right? Because the thing, the reason I like ASCII doc is that okay if nothing else you know it's a it's an open standard like an open format that anyone can read parse and render 
you know, it's not, and it's got some level of key value tagging that allows you to put more structured data into it. And then the second mm -hmm. is that if I serve it on GitHub, uh, you can just send people a link and they can see it, right? They don't need an account, they don't need to log in, uh, it's Google searchable and all these things. So mm -hmm. open format and open access, that's probably a good two pieces of that. And like, those are not necessarily insurmountable obstacles, right? If we could say, you know, and I guess like the third thing is a, ah, this is the other thing, is a, um, um, and this is good because this is, a, this is a value that we've all hold, but we have not articulated enough, which is that um, you want people to have, um, oh, what's the right tag for this, right? Let me, let me describe the concept and then see if we can come up with a tag, right? It is that mm. we want people to be able to take advantage of the system with the smallest possible and simplest possible uh, on-ramp, right? We'll yes. say, okay, okay, you can understand this after you read a Simon Harry's Page book. That's a really high barrier to air entry, right? On the other mm -hmm. hand, we, to say that, you know, uh, but, you know, to be fair, saying you have to learn English in order to understand this document is also a barrier to entry, right? But we can't get past that in the short term, right? Because mm -hmm. learning a brand new language from scratch is also a... Uh, a uh, high barrier to entry too, or even higher for everybody, right? So the question is, a, a lower barrier to entry for who? And it's like, okay, like, so here's the way I would think about it, is our um, next, uh, so there, there's, there's actually, like, actually first, first stage is like Tom. Tom, uh, if he can encode values in a way that he understands them because of his precise lines, that's, a, that's amazing, right? And he's doing that this week for us. It's like, okay, now the next step, you and I look at and say, okay, this is a good start, but A, here's uh, the values that we have that we think are important that we didn't include the first round. And I'll take the hit for that, but I just had to start with something, so I just grabbed four that I can make into a cute acronym, the THIQ. Um, and then we'll say, okay, can we work with language enough to encode into language in ways that we understand what this is that we care about and why we care about it and explain mm -hmm. it to Tom in terms that he can understand, right? Cause like, he's absolutely right. We talk about these things and until he put it into language, he had no idea if we agreed or not. And now we can say, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is now clear enough that we can tell where we disagree. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge, a huge achievement. And then the next goal is to say, okay, now, now that we understand what we mean and we understand what you mean, um, First of all, uh, the, the first question is, okay, can we actually agree on something? Because I think that Tom is probably not opposed to, um, you know, the idea that, okay, for this to go from corporate democracy to public democracy, we need to make some changes, right? And, but we first have to make sure that we articulate this in his syntax so he knows what we're even talking about. And I think that's a, a fair point on him is that like, okay, until, you know, since we don't yet have a formal uh, glossary and definition of terms. He has the more rigorous system for explaining things. So let's use his syntax for now and uh, make sure it encodes our semantics. And if we can reach that, that's huge, okay? Then the next question is, okay, do we actually, and I actually think this is possible. It's a stretch. It's not a guarantee because we don't understand each other yet. But I, mm -hmm. I am praying that when we do this, he'll say, well, yes, 
I actually agree that those values are important for a public democracy too. And I would love to help you guys continue in that. So we figure out how to, the version 01, 0.1 is, is you know, language as it is. Version 0.2 might be sort of an augmented or a, um, a um, um, the LDAP of language, right? Um, yeah, like a reduce, uh, reduce. Uh, right, right, right. It's, it's like to say, right, and, and here's our unit test for that. Um, is that something that is, well, like we, the tool doesn't change the same, but we, we say, okay, for, for public datocracy, we're going to use a subset of language, the glossary, like we're going to define these terms, you know, we pick these terms and we write up a short, like a cheat sheet is like, this is what lightweight language looks like. Mm. Um, and we, and then we say, can we articulate our value? And then the unit test for this is, can we sell this to a niche, right? If we, say, we okay, these, really? let's listen to these six, we say, okay, each, this is the glossary of these six oh, terms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A niche, yeah, like our, our previous arc, and say, mm. you know, are these 10 terms, are these 20 terms, whatever. It's like, we need to make sure that, you know, these are the definitions, and then this is the document. <clears throat> Does this capture the values that, uh, you know, you felt like, resonated with you when we were talking about datocracy. And if we can do that, like we will have actually, you know, that sort of version 0.3, we will have demonstrated that for this other person, this encoding and these, this, these definitions are actually sufficient for him to, uh, first of all, meaningfully, uh, to, to ask meaningful questions about. Where you can say, okay, I think I see what you're trying to say, but I still have questions about this. And if we can actually accomplish this, and I'm not saying this is guaranteed that we can do this, but I have hope that we can, we could come up with a format and a statement of values that A, the four of us agree on, okay, which is a big deal, but an even mm -hmm. bigger deal will be that they are actually embodied in these documents and the process mm -hmm. we went through to create them. And we say, like, like one of the examples that I have is, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the, the idea of unanimous agreement on everything. Because I feel mm. like, uh, uh, but that's why I use the weaker term, honoring perspective, which was not well-defined or meaningful mm -hmm. to talk. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the idea, like, okay, they, um, but there's something in between there, which is that, like, yeah, it's sort of rough consensus, I think, is the way that, the IETF defines it, right? Rough consensus and running code. And that's actually what I want to get to. I want to get to mm. a rough consensus and running code. Mm. And so that is the thing that I think that uh, we are on. And like, when we get to this arc, we could say, okay, well, you know, actually for the next, you know, we get up to size, you know, 10, maybe just giving everyone a language account and having some way to save it to an open format and publish it on the web is sufficient to get us to plant, you know, to Datocracy version 0.4 or 0.5, right? But at some point, yeah. we to somebody who says, like, hey, I see this value of openness. I just don't feel like using a proprietary tool is good enough for me to feel comfortable with Datocracy as it is. They say, okay, mm -hmm. well, at that point, we'll have enough of a um, experience curve with using Plangwidge and the ValPlan tool and the types of issues we sort of say, okay, now we do um, the big refactor 
which is actually Datocracy 1.0, where we say, okay, given everything we've learned and everything we've done through these multiple iterations using this existing body of knowledge and the existing tools, we'll say, can we do a sort of Datocracy convention where we sit down and say, okay, we know that these are the values we have. We've explained them to everyone in this community. So we actually agree on these things in a quantifiable way. And now we say we can make a rational decision, which everyone could look at and say, okay, given these values and these goal levels, these, these, these ambitions and these goals, what would the requirements document for Datocracy 1.0 be? And yes. then we can, and then Tom and everyone can say, ah, okay, given how we've defined it, it should be obvious, or at least we can come to an agreement that this is the right thing to do. And if we can actually get to that in the next year, a Detocracy 1.0 requirements document, that would be mind-blowingly awesome, right? Even if it takes, yeah, but you know, another year to get funding and another two years to actually build it out, like, in five years, we could have something that is not perfect, not complete. You know, we would scope Datocracy 1.0. Like, we'd probably, 1.0, we're probably going to be stuck with the English language, right? We're not going to mm -hmm. be, uh, you know, because, you know, we're going from, like, we get to some number where, you know, it's like, okay, but what is the thing that we could do, you know, in 12 months, you know, let's say, well, we could build something where we, uh, you know, grab this open source project, this open source format, and these pieces of, of val plan and language and stand up something that is fully open source, uh, fully open and tailored to this particular use case. Um, you know, I can imagine having something like that in five years, right? And, mm -hmm. and within mm -hmm. 10 years, you could imagine that being, uh, you know, running on top of some sort of blockchain and um, having some facility. And the point is, is that like, we need to have the ambition the long-term ambition of we want, you know, the baby in Tanzania to be able to make good decisions about which toys they play using something that is powered by datocracy, mm -hmm. right? But we don't have to like that, like, well, we're not going to do anything until we get there. It's like, no, like, first we start with geeks like us, right? And then we expand it to, and the idea is that, and this is actually the, the most exciting thing about this is what I call the, the self-similarity. It's that, okay, this process we are going through, this is really datocracy, right? It's, it's people who have good intentions, who want to act in pro-social ways, trying to figure out how to work with each other's syntax and constraints to build this shared data layer that pushes us to be clearer about our values so we can be held accountable to them and other people can make rational trust decisions to join us mm -hmm. and how they participate. Yeah, like, uh, uh, let me uh, interject here. Um, um, we have to, and I'll probably be repeating something what you said, but we, we uh, at this point, we don't know what we don't know. We use right. that, those terms that, you know, got famous in the Bush administration. We don't know what we don't know. So we're talking to Tom yeah. and learning about all these processes, but we cannot adopt language because we don't know how to use it. We don't know anything about it. Let's not make this so binary, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it's, that, well, it's like... Because uh, we can use it a little bit, and we understand yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we can use it a little right? bit, but right. we, we, we don't learn, want, we, so. we don't wait. Right, right. So the point is, is that I think of language as the scaffold that we will use to learn on 
And then Planguid itself is, I think, rich enough that if we just keep encoding our value objectives into Planguid, eventually mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're Planguid itself will tell us that Planguid is, is at that point no longer the right tool for the job, right? So Planguid is, um, is, is sort of intelligible enough that if we, we can use Planguid to show why Planguid or when Planguid uh, and where, and more importantly, where Planguid is itself inconsistent. So this is amazing, like Planguid is actually self-aware enough that it can tell us when to stop using Planguid. Mm -hmm. And so, how to do it better, yeah. like, that, that's amazing. And, and to do that, well, at least in my process, is that I have to know a, a large part of how it works, right? And that's an investment in time and, and talk, right? And so when I got, uh, at Apple, uh, the first thing I did is learn read the style guide from from back, and then I found out that most writers don't do that. And I'm like, I always like, oh yeah, that's in the style guide. Really? Yeah, that is in the style guide. I read it. I, I'm telling you, it is in the style guide. And then like, nah, yes, it is. And then they confirm like, it is because I, I wouldn't, I couldn't feel comfortable writing documentation, Apple documentation, without knowing the entire style guide. And then I criticized it like. But at least I know the rules. You have to know the rules so that you can know when to break them. You cannot start breaking rules just because, you know, willy-nilly. You have to know, yeah, this, this, this set of rules apply for most situations. But in this particular situation, it does not apply. And you have to, for that, you have to know them really well, both the rules and the situation, so that you can decide, yeah, no, I need to break the rules here. Yeah, and, yeah. Right? So right, and I think the reality to... is, you know, uh, and so this is a personal choice you need to make, right? Uh, you know, how much language do you need to understand for us to be able to use it for the next few uh, rounds of iteration, right? I think, so, yeah, I, I think, think we have to write a, we have to write a, a, a something similar to a program. Like, uh, right now, language is mostly in Tom's head and in a, 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 a set of books that I haven't read ahead. So, right, when we're talking yeah. and we say, oh, yeah, plan with that, plan okay. But, so you have to take his word for it. Um, right. Take his, his little, but well, this is the important part. Okay, it is. But you have to, at some point, know the, the larger part so that you don't feel like you're uh, walking on um, uh, on muddy water. So, well, so um, here's the thing, Ernest. This is, you have to, right? Because, like, I am totally comfortable. You know, I'm not totally comfortable. I am comfortable enough with this sort of, um, superficial gloss, I personally am comfortable mm. with, I'm happy to walk on thin ice with language, and when I fall through the ice, it's like, okay, now we stop and do something else, right? So that's mm. my level of personal comfort with it, uh, you know, and I'm willing to work with that. And Tom, in his graciousness, he seems to be willing to work with us, even though he wants us to read everything he's written, he's willing <laughs> yeah. to, you know, explain things to us when we're being idiotic and slow and Mm -hmm. clumsy because we're not doing that and like that's grace right we have this ground of grace and and then so it's sort of a question of like okay to use penguage in this way in this time what do you need and i gotta be honest with you Ernest, if your dream is to really to build this smart document open ecosystem i can think of i i can make a case that actually investing a month in you know going through value engineering and things like that is, uh, would be a really good exercise for you because this is the prior art, 
right? Mm -hmm. This is the current yeah. best practice for doing datocracy. So I think that it's actually a really good idea for you to think about, like in terms of how you manage your priorities, you sent me your brain up of all the projects you're working on. I mm -hmm. actually think that apart from things that you think will, you know, actually generate revenue uh, for you, which I think is a higher priority, but after that, like just, you know, taking a week and just binging on the detoxification, I just like read enough to the point where you say, okay, I feel comfortable. But I think like the point to, to, to the earlier point you made, like, like, yeah, I don't think, I, I think language is the most amazing uh, embodiment of corporate datocracy. And like, we can learn so much from using it, from reading it, and also just by living it out, right? Just showing up on the calls and having Tom explain things to me over and over again is really giving me a much deeper understanding. And I'm okay with that level of understanding. If you want to go a level mm -hmm. deeper, that would be amazing. But that's kind of your yeah. choice of what level you But understanding that like, we're going to use language for this, this next arc as long as it works until we get to the, and I feel like the, we can leave Panguage when we've encoded in language enough to tell us when and where and why language falls short. And at that point, then we can make a decision together about what to do mm -hmm. instead. And I think the question yeah. is that you have to kind of figure out how much you're able to learn and how much you're able to live with the tension and the discomfort of not knowing everything, you know, until we get to that uh, point of emergence. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's actually the third word in, um, in philosophy, uh, uh, this other project, is first you connect and then you individuate. And at some point you have to christen a new system because you realize mm. the existing system isn't solving uh, the original problem you cared about. And so yeah. you know, right now we do the, the, the iteration in language, in corporate datocracy, until it's time to christen the sort of 1.0 public datocracy. And so, you know, uh, I'll share this link with Tom if he wants to listen to it, or, you know, I will also summarize it so he kind of mm. knows where we're coming from. And the, uh, and then I think your homework is to figure out, okay, internally, you know, how, what do you need to feel comfortable with using language in those terms? And how can we help you with mm -hmm. that? Okay. Yeah. How can I get comfortable with language? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. And I think it is, um, like you, you mentioned, um, we should work in, in parallel some, somehow because we have the, that's the topography, right? And then we want, we have the, implementation of, of of a project using that model so you mm -hmm. know i'm thinking of you know what i'm thinking about humankind and all that stuff so the, uh, yeah uh, uh, kind of non-prioritizing money all that stuff so you mentioned uh, a long time ago that i should write a book so uh, that's what i'm thinking i'm, I'm uh, um, getting all that stuff together and putting it in a book and you know it's, it's going to be a slow book of course because we're gonna i'll be working on yeah, so right. let me actually tell you what I think now, though, because my, my opinion on that has changed, mm. you know, based on what's happened to us, is that when Steve Jobs wanted to make a dent in the universe, he did not write a book. Right? Okay. I see that. Um, you know, I think the um, – so I think there is a book to be written, but I think it will be most useful because here's a hard uh, – I was listening to a wonderful talk by Seth Godin, and he said, what's mm -hmm. the difference between an amateur and a professional speaker? Uh, and he said, uh, experience? Uh, no, it's not. No? Here's the difference. Okay. An amateur speaker 
is focused on what they want to see. Say, a professional mm. is focused on what you need to hear. Mm. Well, you right? need so to hear for what? What's the end point? So in both cases, because of my experiences, I have a change I want to see in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, wa I want the world to be different than it is now. And the amateur, and like you said, this is a necessary first step, which is finding your voice. Right? And so writing something to find your own voice, we talked about this for the first couple of seasons, or the second and third seasons, I think, was like, it's good for you to write things down to find your own voice. Okay, but the second mm -hmm. thing, though, is you need to explain things. This is the same problem of intelligibility is you need to explain things to people where they are yeah. as they are yeah. now. Right. And, and, and that is much harder to do. Right. Because first you need to find your own voice and then you need to find your audience. Exactly. And then you need to understand exactly. them. Right. And those are all hard mm -hmm. things. And so right now, ah, here's the interesting thing. So we're going to do one series of exercises with Tom, which is encoding um, our values into language value objectives, which I have to say, the word is becoming more comfortable with me the more I use it, um, mm -hmm. but I still think it's a horrible marketing term, right? It's a great technical term for corporate datocracy, um, mm -hmm. but I, I, really like, like, I really like the idea of measures of success uh, as a, you know, sort of public-facing thing because it's more instantly accessible in terms of what it is and is not. Whereas with language, I feel like you have to understand that this is a plan and this is the objectives and these are the ones that are going to, anyway, regardless, what I'm saying is that that process, ah, if you could write, so I think we're going to go through the formalization of encoding into value objectives our values, but here's a thing that I think would be really useful for you to write for yourself and for us. And your audience mm. now is just the four of us, me, you, Tom, and Anish. We have four mm. datacrats or potential datacrats, right, uh, that we're working with, is if you could write something, anything, that explains to the four of us the kind of world you're hoping datocracy will create, this idea of humankind. Mm -hmm. And something that using, because you've talked to all of us at great depth about many of these issues, you have some idea mm -hmm. of what we already believe and already understand is could you come up with something that explains humankind in a way that the four of us uh, could engage with? That would be really cool. Okay. So describe my vision of humankind to uh, the four of the three, the four of, of the four of us. Yeah. Yourself and, and the other three. Okay. <laughs> My arithmetic is terrible. Uh, so yes, I can I can see that, and uh, I'll use you know or my list my values, my principles, and because I, that was something that I was doing already. Like I need to yeah. You know, we talk about principles, values, and ideals. I need to write them down because otherwise you know I don't know what they are. I think of the ideal of them, but I don't think exactly what they you know like I don't like to lie to people. I don't like people to lie to me. All those things I have to like, even though they're obvious, you have to write them down so that you can. Well, yeah, like, and, and, and here's the here, here's the fun thing, Ernest, is this guy uh, Ben Thompson, an analyst who writes an email newsletter, talks about the principal stack, like not just write them down, 
put them in order, if you can mm. do that, that would be extraordinary, right? Because, like, you talk about – and um, because, like, okay, well, you know, I, I don't believe in lying. I also don't believe in killing. What if I have to lie to keep someone from being killed? What's the mm-hmm. principle stack here, right? Ah. Uh. You know, like, for example, we talked about, uh, like, with Facebook. It's like we have a value of not using proprietary tools, but you also have a value of trying to communicate with people, right? Mm-hmm. And your value of communicating with people actually in some ways takes precedence over the value of avoiding proprietary tools, right, being able mm-hmm. to express yourself clearly, right? So forcing – so uh, and I'm not saying this is easy, but if you could do that, that would be amazing. Okay, yeah. I think it will be and, good. Then, and then the next thing, and once you get that, we can say, okay, uh, these, some of these things we'll say are idiosyncratic values, things that you care about personally, which are, but some of these things are common values that we need to encode in datocracy. Yes. And like we can sort of sort those out, right? Because at the beginning, when you're a founder, all the values are your values and vice versa. But then the big part of going from an individual to a movement is being able to externalize and say, okay, this is me but this is a movement and there's a difference. And right now, like with Tom, like language and him and datocracy, at least in his head, are kind of all the same thing. And like, great, mm-hmm. that's where we're starting from, but now we're gonna make datocracy a thing that hopefully the three of us can agree on uh, as a set of sort of articulated values. And then, you know, we refine both the encoding of those values and the, the the context and the content of those values. And I think that's actually another value that's worth talking about, which is iteration, right? The goal is like, I have a clear vision of the future, but we want to be like taking simple, like this is what we can do in a week. This is what we can do in a month. This is what we can do in a year. This is what we can do in a decade. And we create, uh, like, and, like this is amazing, right? If we have a, a community of people and both content and context we can iterate on, uh, that's how you change the world, literally, mm-hmm. right? Is this by like, we, we find a way to measure what we're doing now using these tools and philosophies that we developed. And then we say, okay, this tells us when to go to the next step. And then this will tell us when we need to christen another step or a new system to get to the higher level. And like, wow, that's pretty much all you need at this point. And like, it's, it's through these conversations with Anise and Tom, I think we actually have, uh, this is our minimum viable product. Literally, if we can sit down with Tom and use Planguage to articulate why we want something better than Planguage, that is our MVP right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to take us a while to get there, but, like, uh, we're on a real clear path to get there, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then maybe the episode title, A Clear Path to, tr- to Transcendence. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're good at that and stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank okay. You. Uh, Thank you, Ernest. It's been a blast. I really appreciate your bringing the questions. I mean, like I said, you're the artist in this trio. You being able to articulate your discomfort is our secret weapon. Because uh-huh. this is the thing that keeps us the energy that pushes us forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. All right. Talk to you soon. Soon. Next week. All right. Bye-bye, Ernest. Bye, Ernest.